Welcome to the X Europe Founders Journey podcast series produced by Startup 42 Media. This is Jewel Sparks. During this six part series, my co-host Alex Feldman and I take you on an entrepreneurial journey by sitting down with founders from the X Europe program. Throughout this series, we discuss how founders take their ideas from the back of a napkin to receiving investment from venture capitalists. We explore team dynamics, program outcomes, and more. If you want to learn more about how X Europe supports deep tech founders in Europe through equity, free acceleration, and media exposure, check out xeurope.eu for further information. Time to jump into the episode, and let's hear from the founders who participated in the program. Hi, this is Jules Sparks from Startup 42 Media. In the fifth episode, X Europe Founders Journey Series, I'm sitting down with Jessica and Alex of Space for Good to explore scaling a startup and their growth. Jessica and Alex, I really do look forward to sitting down with you today. And um, i like for Alex, Alex, can you please uh, tell us a little bit about yourself and your company? Um, because we're really excited to talk to you today about this. Right. Hey, everyone. My name is Alex, uh, Alexander Gunkel, to be precise. Originally from Germany and uh, came here to the Netherlands, where we now locate our organization, Space for Good, in 2012. Actually started my career working at the European Space Agency, and that's also where I found my passion for sustainability and space tech, and then realized that by uh, yeah, being entrepreneurial, by being an entrepreneur, I can actually combine the two in, in the best fashion. And uh, that, that's how I started my serial entrepreneurial journey which eventually led to, to the formation of Space for Good in 2017. And real quick, what is Space for Good doing? Space for Good is a geospatial innovation firm helping impact makers on the ground with insights from space. How do you actually do that? So we're using novel satellite systems, uh, like uh, public and private ones, to monitor and different proxies uh, in uh, project activities all around the world whether they're related to smart city uh, developments, whether they're related to agriculture, to humanitarian aid, to disaster management. There's so many different things we actually can observe by using satellite systems. And yeah, our team is basically processing the data, developing algorithms to create insights out of this, and then also creating platforms and dashboards to communicate those, those insights to our customers and partners. Thank you, Alex. Um, Jessica, it's great to have you here today as well. Um, tell us a little bit about what you do at Space for Good. Yeah, thanks so much for having us. And yeah, uh, just a brief introduction for me, uh, Jessica Immelman. I'm originally South African, if you can't tell by the accent. I uh, lived in the US for a while and found myself here in the Netherlands. Um, I have a background in communications and environmental and urban planning. And in bringing these uh, two arenas together at Space for Good, I focused on environmental and business strategy. And what does this look like? Essentially, um, is I've got many faces <laughs> in the company, uh, but I started my journey really looking into feasibility, market feasibility studies uh, for initially our legal logging detection and prediction solution that we've developed in-house. Uh, we are now thankfully moving on to our demonstration program sponsored by European uh, Space Agency, hopefully very shortly, in the Indonesian context. 
And most recently, I've been looking into market feasibility uh, of uh, the carbon market and more specifically our remote sensing based biomass assessments. Right now, we're running some interesting projects with Rabobank, for example, where we are monitoring the biomass of smallholder agroforests in Central America and Central Africa. Um, so for me, it's really uh, the journey of trying to understand where these technologies can fit in the markets, how we can ensure impact with these technologies. Um, and then also, of course, look at the cohesion of the team and, and blending our emissions from uh, innovation through to uh, yeah, partner development. Thank you. Um, that's really interesting. You guys have been really busy. Um, and today we're here to talk about, you know, the scaling and growth uh, actually of a startup. And I know you guys were founded. Which year did you guys start the company actually? Uh, we started the company in 2017, uh, but actually under a different premise. So space for good grew quite organically just with us experimenting with remote sensing data and experimenting to, to work with local NGOs, with artists, um, until we actually finally connected with this uh, yeah, kind of visionary on the topic of agroforestry, which connected with us in terms of uh, seeing our technical expertise while we connected with him and like seeing his vision and like understanding what he wants to achieve and kind of yeah, being inspired to just help him in this journey. And we, we knew we can help him with our skills, with, with our ambitions, with, with space for good. And since then, like, I think it was actually only 2019, 2020, this, this journey, this, this scaling journey really started for, for space for good. Yeah, I mean, I think what's uh, really interesting is, um, you know, you've said that you worked uh, and focused kind of a little bit on different industries. And so I guess like every time you had touch points with different industries, that's also maybe where you realize there were different um, capabilities that you either had to build upon or something like that. So um, I guess my first question actually to you today um, was actually when was the moment that you as a, a founder and actually as a, as a team realized that you were like really starting to scale and grow? I know you mentioned it was 2019 where, you know, you had this intersection and um, with who, who was it that you said you had this, uh, this intersection with? And then all of a sudden you realized that the capabilities were growing. What was the last point that you made? Yeah, yeah. The, the name of, of uh, the agroforestry innovators called Willy Smits, actually a Dutch uh, scientist who uh, moved to Indonesia around 40 years ago and like dedicated his life in uh, for protecting the natural ecosystems there while also providing like liability to local population and trying to yeah include all of this in a sustainable integrated agroforestry system. Mm -hmm. And so then um, that, that's actually amazing. So when that happened, though, like how did you what were the capabilities that you had to put in place? Because you said he moved, was living in Indonesia. So it seems like there was like a lot of kind of cross border also touch points uh, there in this particular space. So what did you first need to put in place in order for, you know, you as a company and your capabilities to be really to really be realized? And uh, was it like focused on like team resources or what was it that was needed in order for you to continue down this particular journey as it relates to the, the agricultural space and environment stuff? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I think, you know, like our, our story indeed kind of originated maybe also the drive 
is, is from stewardship you know, of feeling a responsibility to, to support our partners and, and uh, organizations who believe in the concept of, of space for good. And the first step practically actually was to, to really um, become an uh, actual organization, not just a network of, of experts that are coming together on the weekends and the evenings, but now actually using this opportunity to organize ourselves as a typical uh, yeah, young enterprise as, as a startup, meaning we finally also could dedicate full time on, on space for instead of having to work around our typical jobs. So first step was indeed for us to uh, quit our previous uh, positions and just kind of start working on space for full time. And of course, that, that was a different operations uh, required different facilities. Um, but at the end, everyone has been waiting for, for that to come together and really just dedicate um, our, our time and all our efforts towards uh, the vision of, of space for good. And I think there we had this amazing kickstart opportunity of, of working maybe in one of the most aspirational but also most difficult ecosystems worldwide in tropical agroforestry yeah, where satellite earth observation can be of, of huge benefit but there's very little research and even less commercial applications and tools out there so we, we basically were directly entrusted with developing one of the most complex most 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 yeah aspirational platforms on, on monitoring and management of, of agroforestry systems with remote sensing technologies. And that's, you know, like we, we didn't want to leave, let down our, our partner, our customers on that. And that I think was, was ever since our motivation to excel and to, to yeah, deliver. And, you know, that, that connects to this, this, this question of yours of like, when did we know we had to scale or to grow? It was more like, okay, like now, what do we need to do in order to satisfy our partners and customers, not for the sake of, of scaling, but of the sake of like, how can we be really the, the better uh, selves of, of our team of, of space for good and like provide the, the, the tools and the insights our customers are requiring. You know what I find really interesting, but I mean, it's also great because, you know, you're only as good as your product or service in terms of engagement. Uh, that customers have is that it actually seems like the partnerships that you formed really helped you realize like kind of potentially what direction or how what your MVP actually really is. And um, so I find that really great because you were able to grow and scale according to customer needs. That's kind of what I'm translating maybe uh, from what you're saying, you know, if I'm wrong about this, please correct me anytime. But I mean, I think that's really great. So, I mean, you can't not really go wrong if you already are engaging with customers and then you can grow and co-create uh, with them. And I also like what you said, where at first it started out as something that was exciting and you had like little network, maybe it was meetup groups, who knows what it was, but then you realize that you were really onto something and that you had to formalize the process and, and build the company. And then you could officially grow um, also as a company from like a B2B perspective and then receive the, the financing that you need to actually put products and services on the market um, in, a, in a holistic uh, way. Um, Jessica, uh, you said that uh, you do a lot kind of on the, are you kind of on the business development communication side for the company? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Um, and so what do you think um, from a, I would say, 
um, communications, marketing, positioning uh, situation, what, what would you say uh, is also is important from that perspective? Because, you know, there's companies like as a company, you have a product or service that you put out there. But sometimes I think um, companies underestimate the value of the right communication and positioning. So sometimes they spend a lot of time just working on the product and service. They're in the lab. They're doing what they do, but they forget uh, to share with the world actually what they are doing. So what have you had to do from this area or this perspective inside the company, um, also from a growth or scaling perspective to stay aligned with you know, how you guys are developing from a partner side of things. Yeah, brilliant question. And I think um, this goes right back to, to what Alex initially um, su suggested about our development, that it was extremely organic. Uh, and it has been uh, to a large degree project-based and uh, initiated by our discussions with our partners and, and finding out exactly what they needed. So in doing so, we've been able to engage and, and tell these stories in, in quite a, a unique uh, way, I think, um, where we've been able to address the complexities of issues and, and the integration of these technologies in uh, overcoming these challenges and bringing our um, community, who we very often refer to um, when, we, when we have our users either on social media uh, or our contributors, uh, those even interested in these technologies at large, bringing this community along with us on our journey of discovering our potential, but also the potential of these technologies as we um, begin to refine our focus as well. Uh, so in doing that, we, we've actually seen the serendipitous um, developments occur where you know, we had this, this big kickstart into looking at integrated agroforestry management, but then simultaneous to this, this huge recognition from the global community of the power of remote sensing, but also the importance of regenerative agriculture, carbon stocks and, and uh, carbon sequestration. And in doing so, been able to take this, this mega solution, uh, this big undertaking, and, and speak to the details of that story as well, um, and, and kind of make those, those singular identities of illegal logging detection prediction biomass assessments for carbon markets. So, so uh, to a large degree, I think it's um, communicating the capabilities of these technologies, but the fact that the capabilities are only as strong as implementation partners and the intentions of these technologies. Um, and I think that's held true in the way that we communicate when it comes to direct communications with, with partner procurement uh, or even just at large through our, our strategy. Um, that's great. You know, I had this like last question, which is like, I don't even need to, to, to ask it, uh, but it actually sounds um, that it hasn't just been um, like... Uh, the need for growth. It also seems like society and community has also helped kind of drive your growth. I mean, because as everyone's focused, you know, really on um, sustainability and then how different products or services, or I mean, also climate change, all these things actually seem to be important elements that have been able to actually, I think, again, organically actually help you be able to scale. 
you know, it's like a hot topic right now. People really care about like the area that you're in. I mean, even let's think about like, you know, what's been happening like the last two years during the pandemic and just like how like even the whole situation of like uh, supply chain management, logistics, food, all that stuff um, has been severely impacted by like borders closing, et cetera. So, I mean, it's like your technology solution is like right on time. It's like, so when you started it, it's just the timing also has been just absolutely brilliant because people now sometimes can't even physically get where they need to go. Like before we took for granted, we could always make it there. We could always have people on the ground, you know, those eyes doing their quality assurance checks and things like that. So I also think that your technology is brilliant. It also seems like a technological solution that could be applied to a lot of different uh, industries. So although you're called space for good, I mean, it's also kind of like you're you're kind of like a, it, it could be like a vision for good too, just due to the the satellite technology uh, that you're using, and it seems like it could be applicable for a lot of different industries at this point in time. So, are you seeing that as well? Are you seeing that probably within the next six months, there's other industries that you potentially just by default, just by the need of this advanced technology uh, solution that obviously has space involved in it. Are you seeing like by default other industries that you'll probably integrate into within the next six to 12 months? Yeah. So, you know, like how, how um, Jess was phrasing it beforehand, the, having two interfaces, both on the project nature, but also on the product and service nature, which helps us on the one hand to jump in and like grasp opportunities as they come opportunities we, we de define as needs you know, like uh, expressing needs uh, with this environmental and or societal challenge and then products and, and applications where we realize okay that there's more than one stakeholder requiring the service so we have to think about automating it to, to make it more accurate to make it more affordable to scale it globally yeah? and with the space for good we build up this brand to be recognized on both sides yeah? with being a great project partner um, but also creating products and services through this co-creation, through this partnership model we actually uh, spearheading. And here, a nice example is like actually in the context of, of COVID, when, um, yeah, when we realized that it's, it's, it's global effect and the first consequences we had on, on local economies, actually the World Bank reached out to us and they, they picked up on our work and our reputation. And they said, listen, you heard that uh, you can use satellite Earth observation to, to monitor air pollution. Yeah? And we are interested in air pollution, not because of public health reasons for now, but actually air pollution is a proxy for socioeconomic developments, uh, particularly in, in countries which are still dependent a lot on, on uh, fossil fuel activities. So what they ask us is, can you basically could help us to get a better uh, pulls on, on uh, countries in Southeast Asia. Our current approaches in doing surveys and connections on the ground are now severely limited to the travel restrictions to COVID. So within a few weeks, we basically were already able, like in a project nature, to develop a first prototype for them to look into a few provinces in Indonesia. And based out of this first results, I said, well, okay, that, that, that's super impressive. You know, we, we did some research, some further analysis, and then they wanted us to look into the whole of Indonesia. And after we've done this, they asked us to look into Vietnam. And, you know, like that's, that's 
where the World Bank realized, hey, we have a reliable partner which can like innovate and iterate really quickly across our needs, uh, which creates tailor-made and bespoke solutions to, to our current needs. Nevertheless, also being available for a long-term partner. Uh, so we, we were one of the first organizations worldwide which created this COVID observatory based on air pollution data, like directly helping economists in the World Bank and those in the member states to extract information about economic activities in, in severely affected economies. And now, after we've developed this, of course, we, we don't want to let go of this. We see all these possibilities, the scales globally, but actually also now start looking into the public health aspect of air pollution, which was initially not within the scope. And here we are already engaging with other development banks, for example, Islamic Development Bank, who have a particular interest of, of like, yeah, also using such uh, earth observation capabilities to look into provinces, to look into districts, even into the city levels, uh, where, yeah, remote sensing will and already is a really important information source. Okay, after all that, I'm just saying this is absolutely brilliant. You guys, first of all, are everywhere, but also it's probably by nature of your technological solution. <laughs> but either way, so my question is, Alex, do you sleep at all? <laughs> because you guys are like everywhere and you are, I mean, there's like, I mean, just absolutely brilliant. I mean, you guys are definitely growing. You're by default scaling, aligning with like very, like key industries um, that's on like the, the tongue of everybody uh, these days. So I guess what my, my last question to you actually is, you know, in retrospect, you know, you guys, as I mentioned before, by default, you're able to scale because you have great strategic partners and things are just kind of evolving. It seems very organically. Um, but what advice actually would you give to other founders who maybe um, their solution may not, it may not be so easy for them to grow or to scale, like maybe because like the natural forces or maybe even the, the topics um, that they're focused on as a company, maybe, uh, you know, they're not that easily scalable. What, what advice would you give founders out there as it relates to scale and growth? How to do it, the best way to do it. Right. Um, maybe I can, can jump in from an organizational standpoint and, and just can uh, compliment me on, on, on the product side. Um, what I realized now over the years, and it already started 2013, which was my first uh, company, um, I feel most inspired and most driven if, if I can collaborate with, with problem owners, uh, with organizations who own the problem irrespective of what kind of technology they're using. Uh, if they can solve something with just pen and paper, you know, they will do this. They, they, they don't care about what kind of technology you're using. They don't care about the technology stack. They're just completely dedicated to like solving one problem and usually this problem can't be even solved in their lifetime, but they set the example, they, they create learnings and they teach others on how to continuously tackle those challenges. And this, this understanding, I think this, this created like this, this humility 
towards okay and like what are we doing as a space for it because by definition we are a technology organization now we use like the latest satellite earth observation data and like algorithms and models in, in order to create insights now but it's not us actually implementing them it's it's the organization on the ground so my advice on the organizational level is either you become a problem owner that you connect really with just the one issue which you think you're not going to make you happy or going to upset you for the rest of your life. You know? um, or you, as, as, a, as a technology company, you identify that this one visionary person, organization, or kind of upcoming movement where you say, okay, those, those guys I want to support. And I, indeed, I'm not going to sleep a lot. <laughs> if I sleep, I'm going to be dreaming <laughs> about how I can help them. But, you know, that, that's, I think, the, the advice to have a successful but also fulfilled entrepreneurial journey. So basically, it, it goes to what we talk and hear about all the time. You got to add value, right? Add value. Create a solution that solves a problem and adds value. Yeah? Yeah. You guys and, are definitely doing that. And, and to riff off this um, briefly is, you know, we, we have quite a few solutions under our belt and, and what do we need to consider as we start to look at uh, product lines? Um, I think for us, it's been really a journey of, of seeing this organic growth and, and responding to it or attempting to respond to it in good time. And right now, our strategy is focused more so on how can we do this in a succinct way, not lose the pizzazz and magic of this innovation lab, um, maintain our impact first uh, proposition to, to not only our partners, but also to technologies as we, you know, release them to the world. Um, and I think for us, there's been a big recognition to embrace complexity in, in our solutions um, application and, and the organizations in which we're integrating these solutions into have very strong implementation partners um, as, we, as we seek our clientele for these products knowing that uh, the impact that we are wanting, but then also the success of a product at large is going to be hand in hand with the, the in-field operatives and, and local entities. Um, and then uh, also specializing and pushing that envelope. Um, this innovation lab concept, you know, we could do illegal logging detection, but the predictive elements are extremely insightful to, to land managers. Uh, for biomass assessments, really focusing on agroforestry capabilities, which is quite a complex arena and an emerging arena in itself. Um, so, so bringing it down to these, um, yeah, these challenges that are, are specific, uh, it's broad enough and consider the contextual complexity, um, I think for us has been, been key factors in, in us shaping these products going forward. Yeah, you know, and, and actually, the more you talk, Jessica, you know, actually what I realized, you know, because I've heard this several times, actually, you guys aren't really doing a lot. What it is, is you have a key core technological solution that actually by default has touch points with several different industries. And I think when you look at, uh, and I think that that's a great place to be, because as we look at, you know, you always need to have the, the, the perfect DNA that can grow and evolve over time. And usually what happens, like if you don't spend the time to kind of figure out what's the nucleus of a situation that then can grow and evolve, it's kind of like our body cells, like we start with these cells and then no matter, you know, what happens over time, like there's elements that are in place um, that actually are 
already at the very origin in place. So the moment that um, they need to be tapped into, they're already there. The foundation is already there. So then that also helps with the organic growth and the drive that's necessary. And um, I think that that's a great place to be. I think um, if you look at um, specific industries, sure, there's a there's a certain, I would say, module or a certain, um, I would say, knowledge uh, that needs to be applied. Like if you're just like in the agriculture industry or if you're just in the space industry, but at the end of the day, the technological solutions that drive, it's something that every industry actually can pull from and need. So if it's kind of like there's like an 80-20 fit. So 20% is the actual deep, deep dive of industry expertise, whether it's just in space or just in agriculture or just in, uh, you know, uh, I don't know, uh, retail or even um, what's another big industry uh, right now? There's like a like urban like development. There, there's so many things going on, but yet your technological solution can be applied to both because it's like a satellite uh, a technological solution. And so I think you guys obviously started your company in the right place. So then maybe in summary, um, it, I would say also just not that I was part of the, you know, not that my advice was needed here, but what I'm saying is also just to add to what you said, Alex, and what you said, Jessica, it's also about identifying a product that um, adds value, that also solves a problem, but it's also potentially um, a solution that can work or be universal um, across different industries. I think that that also helps with natural scale and growth. What are you guys' thoughts on that? Absolutely. I think you put it really well on, on the product level. And in order to arrive at like the different versions, let's, let's call it of this, of, of, of the product, you have to look at the, this product development process. And that has to do then with our commitment to open innovation, to co-creation and to being a social enterprise. Only this kind of aspects allow you actually to yeah, come to the table as a technology expert and saying, listen, you don't have so much experience in this sector, but believe that this components of, of our solution and the other one could be of benefit for you. But now we need you, your team, your expertise to actually co-create something and test whether it's actually of, of use and of value for you. And that's basically this, this commitment then to, to open innovation and co-creation, leading to new business models, but also to new partnerships. Well, um, Alex and Jessica, it's been a pleasure uh, connecting with you today. I think um, our listeners have learned a lot about um, I would say organic scaling and growth, and also most importantly about your solution, um, Space for Good. I wish you guys uh, much uh, continued success. And um, once again, to those listening, we were here today with Alex Gunkel and also Jessica Immelman from Space for Good. And hey, you guys, thank you very much for your time. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of the X Europe Founders Journey podcast series. We hope that this episode inspired you to embark on an entrepreneurial journey of your own. We appreciate the founding team that sat down with us today and shared valuable insights that will make whatever challenges we face a little easier to solve. This series and X Europe have been made possible by funding from the European Union's 2020 Research Innovation Program under grant agreement 871795. 
We want to thank them for their support. Anyways, we hope you enjoyed it and that you'll check out the next episode.